This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi, good morning from California. Good afternoon, Mom, from New York City. Hello. Hey. Well, we've got a show I know that is very dear to your heart and dear to mine. It is going to be a show on teens and uh, teens and grief. And we have actually written a book about teens and grief, haven't we, Heidi? Grief Relief. We have. And the reason that we wrote this book is for many reasons. But, you know, it all started when I wrote my doctoral dissertation on the sudden death of a sibling. And I I designed an intervention to help families that had teens to open up communication around the loss of a sibling. And from there, like my mom said, we wrote a book called Teen Grief Relief. And in Teen Grief Relief, we have interviewed hundreds of teens and they've talked about what their experience has been like and how they have gone on to find hope again. And there's a lot of tips and tools for parents out there that have teens at home that are grieving. So please pick it up. All right. And it'll be useful. And you can get it on Amazon or go to our website, opentohope.com. Well, Heidi, introduce our guest today. I just know this is going to be a wonderful program because I love what she's doing with teens. Yes, and like like my mom just said, we are going to talk about teens and grief, and we have a fabulous expert on, and her name is Lorraine Gordon. Lorraine Gordon is a licensed clinical social worker, a therapist, coach, program director, and founder of Time for Teens. Time for Teens provides a bereavement camp plus seminars and workshops for bereaved teens. Lorraine's profession and passion for helping bereaved teens was inspired by the loss of her older sister when Lorraine was just 12 years old. Welcome to the show, Lorraine. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on today. It's great. Now, tell everybody where you are. It's so amazing. Here I am in San Francisco. Heidi's in New York, and you are? I am in, in paradise in New York. <laughs> yes, yes, He's in paradise, Mom. Long Island. <laughs> paradise in the summer. <laughs> and for folks that don't know that area, what's the name of your town? It's uh, Southampton, uh, out out in the Hamptons on the east end of Long Island. Right. She's out there on the water, people. It's a choice place. So, Lorraine, tell us uh, about the death of your sister when you were 12, and what was her name, and, and how did she die? Sure. Uh, her name was Diane uh, Gordon, and she was my older sister, um, a really wonderful big sister to me. Uh, we were five years apart. Uh, she was killed in a drinking and driving accident when she was just 17. And, um, you know, the way that I always describe it to people is you're just kind of being a kid and going about your life and kind of doing doing what kids do, and then it's as if someone comes along and drops a bomb on your house, and nothing is the way that it was five minutes before you get that news. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You can identify with that, right, Hyde? That's a great metaphor, I've got to tell you, Lorraine, because you, yeah, the family it, that you now have, you don't even recognize. You, it, it, It's a double loss, as you know, because you've lost not only your sister, but you've lost the emotional availability of your parents. And then your parents are so worried about you, they can hardly take care of themselves, but they are worried about you in their own weird way, <laughs> trying, yeah, to, trying absolutely. to pull it yeah, all together. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, obviously, um, you know, parents really struggled, and um, you know, my, I can remember very clearly my stepfather really uh, trying to take care of my mom and, uh, and just her, her inability to, uh, to really uh, take care of us at, you know, at that time, it was just so devastating. Yeah. 
Well, as a bereaved parent, I would like to know, what do you think teens need most after loss? Well, you know, teenagers definitely grieve differently, um, just kind of how they go about life differently than than other age groups. Um, I think that the most important thing is that there's someone from the outside uh, that can talk to, talk to them about, you know, what's going on and uh, and let them know that, that they're not going crazy. Um, I think teenagers have such a hard time expressing themselves. They just don't have the ability to communicate, um, you know, everything that's going on for them when, when something so traumatic happens. And I think that one of the most important things to do is just to give them a language um, and, and the ability to express themselves. Wow, now that's that's interesting. Um, you know, then I'm a parent, and I'm listening to this, and I'm thinking, wow, a language. Uh, you know, what can I say to them? Uh, they won't talk to me. Um, they're not talking. What do you suggest? What, what am I going to do? Well, you know, it, it's. I always say it's so hard for the family, um, and there really isn't a whole lot that the family can do for each other because everyone is just trying to keep their heads above water. Um, and it, it, because everyone's relationship to the person that died is so individual and because grief is so personal, uh, it's, it's very difficult for the family to help each other out. So I, I do firmly believe that, you know, uh, outside counseling is, is definitely the way to go. And really, the I think just giving them, uh, the teenagers, the, the venue to say um, just about anything that's going on <laughs> in their minds and that um, it's not going to make me you know, as a therapist, gasp um, because they're so worried about upsetting their um, siblings if they have siblings or upsetting their parents because obviously they're so devastated. So, um, yeah, Heidi, having, having someone from the outside. Yeah, yeah Heidi, have you got a, a login on Thought About? I know you've been had your own experience, but you've also been working with the 9 11 families uh, since 9 11. Have you got any thoughts about this? I do, and I know that this is near and dear to Lorraine's heart, and it's it's the idea of, of getting teens involved in camps or groups. Because Lorraine said something which I think is very important. Kids often feel like they're, they're going crazy or their experience is not normal or what's wrong with them. And when they get around other teens that have had a loss, they realize that what they're going through is very normal and they don't feel so alone and so different. And it's really, it's very valuable for them. Um, what do you think about that, Lorraine? I know you, do, you run camp, et cetera. You do some camps with kids. Yes. Um, well, I, I started Time for Teens for that exact reason. Um, I've worked mm-hmm. with teenagers pretty much my whole, since I was a teenager. Um, <laughs> and I've done a lot of different bereavement camps and bereavement retreats and programs. And um, and I, I always saw that the, the overall theme seemed to be that uh, connection. And working with teenagers, uh, you know, uh, has its own challenges, and then you have teenagers that are grieving, and then, you know, the primary emotion is anger. But what I always see every year when I do a bereavement retreat with the, with the teenagers every year, they're 12 to 19 years old, um, all from completely different backgrounds, often very different losses, um, but because they've been through such a traumatic loss, each and every one of them, um, I always see this thread of connection. Um, from one kid to the next, and it, it's an incredible thing to watch uh, and to to provide to the teenagers because um, I can remember just so well that feeling of uh, just being so separate and apart, not only from my family, um, but 
from my friends. You know, I can remember mm-hmm. walking down the street after the services and, you know, after we had buried my sister. And I remember watching my friends. It was like the parting of the Red Sea. They were <laughs> coming down the road and they they were kind of going from one side of the road to the other. They just didn't know what to do with me. Uh, and when you don't go through something like that yourself, you know, obviously, you know, even adults, right, don't know, they don't know what to say. Often people say nothing because they don't know what to say. And so when you provide that kind of connection and they have a whole room full of people who really get them, because let's face it, right, teenagers, that's that's really important is that, you know, that other people get them. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, what I want to say now is I'm out there. I believe you. I believe Heidi. I think you guys are awesome. I've got a teenager. How do I find a group and how do I get them to go? How do I? I have parents all the time uh, that come to Compassionate Friends. Um, the National Conference, there's a wonderful, wonderful program for siblings there. And by the way, it'll be Ju- over July 4th weekend in Boston. And, and there are some wonderful, wonderful programs. But how do, you, how do I get the kids to go? They don't want to go, they're resistant. Yeah, I, I always say, I mean, it's somewhat helpful for me because a lot of times the, the kids that come to my bereavement retreat are kids that are in counseling with me. Um, so, you know, I have, I have some time to, uh, to convince them that this is going to be a good thing for them. Um, but it's not an easy thing to do. And it, it really starts with a parent um, or a guardian uh, really taking the initiative and the willingness to pick the battle because it is going to be a battle. It's you know, it's not going to be their choice. Um, more than likely, they're not going to want to go. Um, they're very resistant to it. But I always say, if you can just get them in front of me and I can explain the program to them, 99% sure that I'll, I'll be able to get them to agree to go. I do, everything is geared towards that age group. And so the activities that we do are, um, you know, like kayaking and golf clinics and um, you know, swimming, and uh, I really geared it towards that age group. So that's one thing that's that's enticing to them. And also, you know, once they are in front of me, they, they're in a lot of pain, and they may not say that they want to go to a bereavement camp in the, in the middle of the summer, um, but when I start to tell them about the program, they um, they get it. And, and they, they, like I said, 99% of the time, they really do want help because they're they're really struggling, and they don't have the ability to... You're out on Long Island, but there are some wonderful camps yeah. for the audience out there. There are camps all around the United States, and there are some camps that have scholarships, and we had uh, uh, Jason Stout on from Outward Bound. He does a program for brief teens called Heroic Journey. He actually has some money for people to go, and uh, there are the Dougie Center. You can look at that in Seattle and find yeah. out about camps. I love what you said about Pick your battle. You know, pick your battle, being willing to stand up to your teen about this if you believe in it. Have you got any thoughts about this, Hyde? Yes. Well, I guess I'd just say that, you know, some parents are really, really concerned. The thing that's difficult about having a loss when you're a teenager is that teenage years are difficult even in the best situations. And I think what parents grapple with is, is how much of my teen's acting out is because of the loss and how much of this is just normal teenage individuation, et cetera, and acting out. And right now, in fact, as soon as this show is over, I'm going to see a parent that cannot get her kid to come see me. So she is seeing me so that we can talk about how to set limits with them and what to do and how much of this is because of the loss and how much isn't. And even as a professional, it's hard to to know. But um, the other piece Mm -hmm. is for those parents out there, if you're really struggling with your kid and you're worried about them, 
go see a professional yourself and let yeah. them brainstorm with you to see, okay, wait a minute, is my child, is your child in crisis or is, are they not? I mean, that therapist can help yeah. with, with those kind of questions. I want to, I want to right now yeah. say, can we give our audience out there some warning signs about their teens. When do I know my teen is in trouble? When do I know, know it's just not normal grief and I, I need to stand up and, and do something here? Have, have you got a, uh, Heidi, well, I know you, or do you want to start with Lorraine? Do you have a couple of yeah, tips? Yeah, let's let Lorraine start. Okay. I know that she's got some good way in on Sure. Uh, you know, it's what I always say, well, first of all, that there's, you know, there's nothing normal about losing someone early in your life. So um, even though it's it's fairly common, unfortunately, um, it, there's nothing normal about it. So you know, my my initial reaction to that is there is not a, a teenager out there if they've suffered a traumatic loss that doesn't need to talk to someone uh, professionally. But what I do tell people is typically what what I see is if your child was on the angry side before the loss and you're seeing a lot more anger, that's normal. If they are doing a kind of complete opposite, you know, if you had a child who was kind of acting out a little bit in normal teenage behavior, and now they've gotten really, really quiet and withdrawn, that to me is a red flag. Um, you know, because you're going to see their behaviors get exacerbated. You know, they're going to get magnified because of the loss. That That is a given. Hi, have you got uh, anything you want to say um, about what to I was look just for? Gonna say, this is this is an obvious one, but I still need to tell parents because they often say, oh, my child's just being exaggerating and being, you know, histrionic. And that is, if a child is saying, I don't want to live, I hate being alive, I want to die, and they have a plan and they have access to a plan, that is, you should really err on the side of caution and immediately get help. Even if it's just a cry for help and a kid's not going to you know, do anything, you still need to get help because you don't want the child to prove you wrong and try to kill themselves. And I'm going to tell you something. I worked with 9-11 families for 10 years and there were two kids, once they hit their teenage years, that made suicide attempts. And they told their parents they were going to do that and the parents said, you're exaggerating to get attention. And so what they did was made the attempt to prove their parent wrong. And they both ended up in, in the hospital. So if a child is even, you know, if they're saying that and they're saying they have a plan, I would, you know, you've got to get help immediately. You don't want to not take that seriously. The other thing that is kind of very concerning for me, you know, teenagers often dress differently than adults and they look differently, but if they start having a real disregard for their hygiene. That's right. You, know, you do I the smell test. I was going to say that. Yes. I get concerned because, you know, oftentimes when teens get depressed, et cetera, you know, it's one thing to want to look different and be goth or be, you know, et cetera, but it's another thing to stop showering and to really have a disregard for your hygiene. And the last thing I want to say is if you really want your teen to be excelling at something in life, it doesn't need to be necessarily school. Where are they getting their confidence? Is it their social life? Is it sports? Is it church? Is it Boy Scouts? If they're just failing in every single area of their entire life, I sometimes get concerned, and like Lorraine said, if they're trying to isolate, they don't have any friends, you know. It, you know, and like I said, if you're not sure as a parent, you don't need to be sure. Come and see me and Lorraine, and we'll 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 help you to make this kind of assessment. That's what we're here for. And if you don't have a Heidi and Lorraine around, and if you you know it's not that possible for you. 
be go to some friends that you think are doing a good job with your kids, their kids, a church member, or you know, just somebody in your community at school, a teacher, somebody that you think knows your kid, sees them. And say, you know, what do you think's going on just between the two of us? I mean, is this normal behavior? Am I being too uptight because I'm not letting my kids drive anymore now that my kid died? Or, you know, or I'm not letting him go out. I'm too worried about him or I'm too in control. What are your limits? What are you doing? And, and you know, get some parenting help and call in other people. They extend your family. You know, um, it's a time to get, you know, call in some help. And I think you're basically saying that, both Heidi, both you and Lorraine, you know, go to look for camps, do something, you know, reach out. You can't do it all. So, Lorraine, I want you to talk about your program, uh, Time for Teens, and where we can find it, and uh, and about your camp. I love the fact, one of the things that I think is very key, and I hope that there are healthcare professionals that are listening to what Lorraine's doing. She's not sitting in a circle asking people how they feel. She's off boating, yeah. basketball, right, Lorraine? Yes, yes, yes. When I uh, when I started Time for Teens, like I said, I've done a lot of bereavement camps and retreats um, in the United States. And um, what I would always see is that the older kids were, you know, somewhat bored. Um, you know, they didn't want to do maybe the same things that the, you know the younger kids were doing. And so I wanted to start a program that was very specific to teenagers. There, you know, so the kids are, are ages twelve to nineteen, and I do get a lot of the older kids. Um, we do something called experiential therapy um, at the bereavement retreat every year, and that is uh, it's, it's a more intense uh, therapeutic approach. It's something that I'm trained in, and then the therapists that I have working at the camp are trained in as well. Uh, I find it to be extremely effective. Uh, thing, for example, I guess one thing I could it's hard to describe in a nutshell, but uh, we do uh, role playing. For example, they could perhaps write a letter to the person that died. And then they have the opportunity to actually read the letter to that person. They ask someone in the group to, to play the role of the person. Um, and, and, you know, we don't obviously start out on the first day with something, you know, so intense. But what I do find is that teenagers are so willing and so glad to be able to get rid of all this emotion that they're carrying around. They do tend to dive in um, and and like the uh, the intensity of experiential therapy. And so... Um, you know, sitting in a group of teenagers and asking them how they feel or even asking them to just simply talk about, the, you know, how the person died. People get very attached to their stories. And teenagers will tell you basically what they think you want to hear. <laughs> and that, mm -hmm. you know, it's not going to be harmful, but it's certainly not going to be as helpful as if um, you kind of take the ego out of the room when you do experiential therapy. Um, and I'm also an actor, and so... Ah. We do a lot of improvisational oh, exercises oh, with the kids, and yeah, yeah. So um, it, you know, now those are great warm ups because all the kids are you know, they're very anxious on that first day, and uh, we want to you know alleviate that for them as much as possible, and um, and create that con you know connection with one another. And when you do improv warm ups with uh, with any group of people, really, it's uh, it's a great way to, to be able. to That's great. Now, okay, I'm loving it, Lorraine. Uh, do you take? Can, how does it go? How long's the camp? And can I send my kids there? And you know, my kid. Uh, uh, yes, yes, yes. It's, and how do it's, I find uh, you? It's every August. Yep, yeah, it's every August. Um, it's, it's always the first week of August. It's four days. It's Monday through Thursday. It's not a sleepover, primarily because I feel like that would be just too. Too much intensity um, for everyone, primarily for for the kids. 
Um, the but website you know what? Let me say, oh, I'll go ahead and give the website and then I'll say something else. Oh, that's a, it's www.time, T-I-M-E, the number four, and then teens, okay. org. Org. Great. And, you know, it's such a beautiful place. Hey, plan your vacation and let your kids, uh, you know, your teens do that program while you're enjoying uh, Long Island yourself because it's fabulous out there. Well, Lorraine, thank you so yeah, much. For, many people do that. Yeah, thank you so much for being on the show today. And thanks for all the work you're doing. Thank you very much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks, Lorraine. Well, thank Heidi, you. Heidi sounds like a fun camp out there. <laughs> it's too bad you're too old to go now. Then I'm too old to go. That, you're <laughs> not a teen like, oh, anymore. Just a little bit. Just a, cu- just a couple of years, Mom. <laughs> I'm just a couple of years out of teenage years. Right. I was just yeah, thinking it's, it's, how cool it would be if you guys had gone there. I totally agree. I, I totally agree. I mean, Outward Bound definitely saved my life personally after Scott died. And I think this is kind of a similar thing, but even more specific to loss. And I love it. I think a lot of kids that are resistant, what I've seen in the past, a lot of teens that are resistant to doing things like this, once they're there, they love it. There's a 9-11 camp, and so many of the 9-11 kids went, and they were hesitant to go, and once they were there, they found out that it was so much fun and that all these kids had had a similar experience. Right, and there there are other camps around, too, you know, like Cope has a mm-hmm. camp. And, right. uh, and Lorraine is affiliated with Cope. Yeah, and so, yeah, look at Cope and look at that online, C-O-P-E, right? Mm-hmm. They have camps all over the country. Yeah. So uh, take a look and, and find a camp for your teen. Well, thanks for listening today, and uh, good luck with, with your teen. And please visit us on Facebook and on our website and get our book, Teen Grief Relief. And thanks for listening, and God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, Others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.